Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome to the All by the Popcorn podcast. I'm Alessandra. And I'm Emily. And today we're doing uh, the letter C in our movie alphabet series. And it is a rewatch of Casablanca. Yeah, I can't remember what my little sister Kimmy was, uh, I think it was called the re, what was it called? Like a re, a revisit or a re, uh, like where you, where you give it a second chance. Like what's it called? Um, a, re- a revisit sounds like, right. I guess like a, maybe it was a revisit. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. yeah, we, so this is a little background on this particular movie emily and i um saw this movie when we were in miss m's class which if you listen to the very first episode you'll know it was on the list of movies that miss m uh presented to us in our study of film class in high school so we haven't watched this movie for probably about 10 years i'd say i mean i can't recall maybe with a little less than 10 years but yeah just just yeah under under 10 years yeah and so like i just both of us watch this movie and just to give you a context it's in a dark room at the end of the day after lunch like right before you're about to go home so i don't know about you but like food always makes me tired so a lot of the times we were rather rather tired in this class and i can't recall if i was extra sleepy during this this one movie particular movie but especially with the black and white ones if it's like a dark room like that um, I feel like we were a little bit more drowsy sometimes. Yeah, I will definitely agree with that. It it was it was hard to stay awake during a lot of the movies that Miss M showed us, and I would like to revisit a lot of them mm-hmm. just to just to give them that second like fighting chance. Because again, I just remember thinking that this movie was not interesting enough for me to be awake, <laughs> so <laughs> I just went to sleep. Yeah, so we just thought it wasn't very good. We didn't understand the hype of this movie, and uh, I guess I would just like to personally state that this movie is a masterpiece, and I have never 180'd so hard on a thought about a movie ever in my entire life. I will definitely say that my thoughts about it are a lot more positive now. It was a very interesting and thorough story, and even though Humphrey Bogart is, like, not one of my favorite, like, um classic actors uh i still think he was very good at being cynical and mean and acting like he doesn't care when he actually does Mm -hmm. and he was a he was a very dynamic and complex character that i really enjoyed watching um and and i thought it was just so intriguing like what was happening because i i had to pay attention like i started this movie Mm -hmm. uh uh, it took me two like two separate uh, times yeah, two separate times. I watched half of it, and I was getting sleepy, so I, I had to turn it off because I was like, no, I need to be... I Like, I never took my eyes away from the screen. Me I, neither, I, like, had yeah. The vo- had mm-hmm. the volume up so loud, I had the <laughs> subtitles on, because because yeah. I re- cause these these actors, um, they all have accents, um, 
And they all sound like very good accents, too, I, I thought. So yeah. I, I, I wanted to look up the actors and see if they were actually, like, from these places. Because, again, this is Morocco during the world during the Second World War. And so they have a lot of people, like, rushing to Casablanca to try and get out of the occupied territories. Yeah. Um, so we had a lot of people of many different places, of many accents, like Russians and Germans and French and Italians. And it was... It was all very, uh, very interesting, but hard to hard to hear. So I had to have <laughs> yeah. the subtitles on. Yeah, I was <laughs> I also giving really it hard. I was also giving it my it full attention. I was not looking at my phone at all. Like I was like straight up watching this whole movie. So I think that's like what I needed to. I I owed it to this movie to give it my full attention. You know. Yeah, yeah. So so where do we want to start? I mean, we kind of just. <sighs> I kind of well, just rambled on about a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you mentioned Humphrey Bogart's, um, his performance, and I would say that mostly every person in this movie has an impeccable performance, and that has led to the, the really brilliant screenplay. Like, I can't even believe the, the pacing of this movie and the plot and the story and the, the background, uh, the historical background that it comes from. It just makes it an incredibly, like, wonderful and very pressing movie like especially for the time of 1942 when this was like going on like during that time so like i think it's kind of insane that this movie came out while this was happening to people and it it just it kind of gave some insight and also had some incredible story like incredible characters yeah, exactly, and um, and uh, a, a lot of the a lot of the scenes reminded me of like Indiana Jones. Yes, like, I know, and it's because we've been watching Young Indy, right? Yeah, exactly. It ju- it just makes a difference for us. Like I think, like especially our attention spans are much larger right now than they've ever been. Um, watching all of this this historical stuff. I mean, we've always been watching period dramas, you and I, and I think, like, it's just a, a matter of focusing and paying attention and understanding what they're actually saying because it's easy to just not really understand what, what people are saying and what's going on, and, like, it, it's easy to do that in a period drama because you're so far removed from it, you know? Right, exactly, and... Um... And it's also interesting to see, because, uh, you know, we've kind of watched, we've watched some other classic films, um, and I'd say they were a bit more on the complicated side, like uh, The African Queen and mm-hmm. Gone with the Wind, and mm-hmm. they're all very, like, war-related, and because and, I, I feel like a lot of wars and conflicts were happening during this time, so I feel like a lot of the movies uh, tend to be, they either tend to be very complex or very simplistic. I feel like it's it's a very... It's a very divided line when it comes to mm-hmm. classic movies, yeah. in, my, in my opinion. You're definitely right. Um, you know, especially when it gets into the 50s, we have all of those uh, big uh, theatrical dance movies that you love so much and, you know, r- musical movies. And I feel like those can have very thin plots sometimes. Oh, yeah, definitely. I only watch them for the singing and the dancing. <laughs> yes. That's in the and pretty, just the I'm, pretty I'm people. I'm looking to have a good time. Yeah, yeah I'm course. just looking to have a good time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. So I guess uh, we have a lot of characters to kind of look at and delve into uh, in Casablanca. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, 
I want to talk about what was his name? Uh, Captain Louis Renault. Yes. Um, yes. I really enjoyed his character. Me too. A lot. He he was very um, like enthusiastic and like very sassy. Like he he wanted to help people, but you know he had his orders, so he would kind of look like the good guy and the bad guy, or he would try to be the good guy and try to help you out. But of course, his orders made him be the bad guy a lot of the times. Mm-hmm. But he, I felt like he juggled that very well. Uh, Claude, Claude Rains, uh, he played yes. uh, who's the actor for him, and I really enjoyed him a lot. He was just, he was so fun to watch, and I loved, uh, I just loved the way he spoke and how, uh, how friendly he was, even though he was, he really had to be a jerk a lot of the time. Yeah, he was one of those characters where you not, you weren't quite sure, you know, what his motives are because he expresses that he's on the side with the Germans sometimes. And then other times he's not. So it's kind of like, okay, well, where does this man fall? Because he's the sheriff of Casablanca, basically. Um, Like, the head of police, right? Like, that's his his role. So he has to be buddy-buddy with the with, like, the, the, um, the SS, of course, the Gestapo. Yeah. Um, but he also wants to be on, on good terms with the businessmen that are making a lot of money. Yeah, of course. So he, he's playing all the, the different ways, and to see him interacting with somebody like Rick is, is incredible. Like, just the, the background that Rick has, the background that this guy has. Yeah, and did you notice that he looks a lot like Reese Darby, who plays Murray in The Flight of the Concords? <laughs> no, I didn't notice that. I did not. <laughs> I guess I could kind of see it. I to me, I was he, like watching his personality, maybe his his like personality, maybe yeah. of the character. Yeah, See, seemed a little bit like Murray. <laughs> he he looks like Reese Darby though, like that actor. Like I I swear, like if Reese Darby like grew that mustache thing, he and he was a little older, he would look just like this guy. Yeah, yeah, I, I see it. I see it. I see it. <laughs> yeah. So yes, I really enjoyed him, and I completely forgot that he was the one who um, Rick says. I think this is a the beginning of a beautiful friendship. I I completely forgot that was him who Rick says that to in the end. Yeah, and that saying did that saying come from Casablanca? We have quite a few sayings that come oh, yes. from yes that come from a Casablanca. Many gotta... many quotes from this movie for sure. Yeah, we've got a, here's looking at you, kid, which I never quite understood. Um, but and I, I, mean, I understood it now. <laughs> so, I, I guess explain it to me. Was he just like, was he just like, what? So the first time I he know says it's it. it's like a compliment. Yeah, the first time yeah. he says it to her, they're, they're sitting, it, it's like a flashback to Paris. And they're sitting in her hotel room, I think, or something, and they're having some champagne. And he asks her some some personal question, like, you know, where are you from or something? And she says, remember, we said no questions. And his response is is to um, salute her, like, to give her a toast by basically saying, well, here's looking, here's looking at you, kid. And then he drinks, like, like that's like the, the toast for them to, to drink the, the champagne. Yeah. So it's okay. kind of like a sweet, like... Even though I don't know anything about you, I can still look at you, and that's like enjoyable for me. Yeah, yeah. Which is a which is a very, it's very iconic. It's very, it's a very interesting thing to say. Like it's just so. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's it's not it's, something you would normally say to somebody. 
<laughs> oh, definitely not. Definitely not. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's just part of part of the, the iconicness about the quote, and I feel like that's the same with all of the other ones. Like they're saying, like play it, Sam. You know, that's a that's a very iconic quote. Although people often misquote that and say play it again, Sam, which is not the the right quote. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. And um, then we have a, we'll always have Paris. Mm-hmm. Yes. That is, uh, yeah. Stuff like that. So I guess, let's, let me, let's talk a little bit about, um, Rick and Oh, Elsa's, also another one. Like, and all of the gin joints in all what? the world, she walks into mine. That's also a really famous line. <laughs> what is it? If all the gin joints in all the world, she walks into mine. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, okay, so Rick Rick and Elsa. (laughs) Yeah, Rick and Elsa. So, so in Paris, they just kind of had, like, a passionate romantic relationship. They didn't want to know anything. Well, Elsa didn't want him asking any questions about her, uh, because we knew that she was, she was keeping it a secret that she was married to Victor Laszlo, Mm -hmm. uh, who is, who is, uh, who was in a concentration camp at the time, Mm -hmm. and, uh, would later be on the run from the police for a long time. <laughs> yes. Um, so I guess their relationship confuses me a little bit just because, like, they didn't, they didn't know each other, but you knew the love was there. And, um, and the one thing that I'll never quite grasp probably is just how, I don't know, I, I feel like a lot of actors in these classic movies are very stone-faced, but I feel like it works for the time period. Like, I feel like they don't show much emotion, but Mm. then they kind... But then they do, and you know it's there. Mm -hmm. But, like, I feel like a lot of the characters in this movie were very stone-faced and cold um, and didn't show, like, that much emotion. But, I mean, that works for kind of how the movie was laid out and, like, how kind of people had to act. They always kind of had to be reserved and not they had to not stand out really yeah yeah and i think that is the the times to be honest i think um that's just the way it's, that... it's not just casablanca yeah I, I, I feel this way in a lot of other movies as well like mm-hmm. just the acting style just seemed to be i don't know very very like limp and like and I, I don't know, sometimes emotionless, like even mm-hmm. like, you know, just how, just how the men would hold the women, the women would like limp in their arms oh, totally, and just like, totally. yeah. just like limp over while they like kissed. And it was mm-hmm. all very, it's all very intriguing and, and very interesting to watch. And I, that's why I just love, love looking back at these, at these movies and just seeing, seeing how much things have really changed. Yeah. I definitely would say that there's, there is some problematic stuff with this and the fact that the girl is trying to make choices and he's not letting her make those choices. Like, she's like, this is what I want. I want to be with you. And he's like, no, it's not what you want. This is what you want. Well, yeah. <laughs> and she'll be almost wish-washy, too. Like, she'll yeah. flip-flop between, like, yeah. I want this, but then, oh, you make the decision for me. Like, yeah, I can't I know. do it. And that then... was, yeah, exactly. And that's, like, how they expected women to be. Like, kind of wishy-washy with their emotions. Kind of, like you know, flopping over and stuff, you know, and it's... Yeah, flustered and not ever knowing what to do with themselves and just kind of following the man, like, it's... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. With, yeah, very prevalent and uh, definitely see a lot of that. Um, could could this movie... Was color, was color available at this time? Yeah, because uh, th- there were some color 
things in the 30s. So, you know, we had uh, Gone with right. the Wind and um, in 1939, we had Gone with the Wind and The Wizard of Oz, and those were in bright color. Um, I feel like this movie didn't need to be in color, though. I felt like it was just as vibrant as it was, especially because the story is, is a very intriguing, like a thriller. You know, they, they like to have them in black and white, similar to uh, The Maltese Falcon. Right, exactly. And I think with with kind of like like as you said the tone of the movie and kind of like the suspense thriller like mystery like aspect of the film um black and white's fine i just i was just curious and i was just wondering maybe what the movie would have been like oh <laughs> yeah in color i think it would have been maybe a little bit more more vibrant i think like maybe in tone you know yeah cuz even even with it being in black and white, I don't remember hearing a whole lot of music. Like, but just when some, of course, oh, there when was Sam a would lot. play, there was a lot of music. There was, yeah. And then when, <laughs> I just don't notice that. Yeah, you don't notice often, the but, music. <laughs> but when I did, it was, it was like when, uh, what was it? Uh, the German, uh, the German officer was like about to go do something, and it was like very suspenseful and like the very like the angry music started playing or something. And he, I think it was when they were singing, they were, they started singing their like German mm -hmm. military song. And then, uh, they were singing like a French song, I think. Yeah. I, I think the French like, uh, anthem, national anthem. Yeah. And then right after that, just like some very sinister, dark music played. And I just remember it yep. <laughs> being like, Oh, 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 this must be bad. No, there was music throughout the whole thing. And I think honestly, the music was amazing. Cause it just like, blended in really well with the drama that was going on. Um, I didn't think it was, like, too over the top, which it can be sometimes in these older movies. Um, and the movie, yeah. the music really blended in because it had significance, like the song um, that Sam plays had significance with Rick and with Ilsa. And so I, I think it was a nice, like, to, to bring in the nostalgia that they needed and everything. So the music played a lot a lot, like a lot of roles in this movie. Yeah, um, the as, as time goes by song, yes, which I thought was very beautiful. Yes, it was very nice. Um, Is there anyone else we want to talk about? Yeah, I I guess like I love the plot. I love the screenplay. I just I'm just I'm in awe. You know, like I can't believe I didn't like this <laughs> yeah. movie before. It's a very very good movie. I I, I it's like. It's just a very, very well-made movie, and and honestly, the the camera work and the like, the production design, the actors, like everything is very, very, very good. <laughs> so, I I'm just having a hard time like finding a lot of faults in it, other than the like women treatment kind of thing. Um, oh my god, like, and it's like kind of the you remember that scene where Rick helps out that girl, um, who's like really young. Um, oh yeah, her and her husband were married for eight weeks, and they were trying to get money to buy their visas. And they said that uh, Louis, uh, Captain Renault, would would get them one if they had the money, and they just didn't. Well, he said he would, and she. So I don't know if you remember, but like after uh, Elsa and her husband left his office, they said, "Oh, this this the next person with the visa problem is here to see you." And he said, "Let her in." So she came alone to to visit uh, Renault. And I think when she was talking to Rick, she implied that she had done something very bad to to ensure that they would be able to get their visas. 
and that they still needed money as well. But I think that she, like, had sex with Renault for her husband to get these visas. Really? Yeah. I think, like, I pretty much, I, like, was, like, she's implying that she did something bad and that he can never know, right? Like, that's the, and so it's kind of a double entendre for, um, uh, Rick because what Ilsa did was also very bad. And so she was, like, saying, if a woman did something very bad and would you ever forgive her? You know, remember she, like, sets that up to Rick um, oh, yeah. And, yeah, I remember her talking about that. And I think it's, she's referring to the fact that she she did a little bit of, uh, like, she, she made a little deal with Renault to make it so that she could, her and her husband can leave, and then Rick, Rick gave them money by letting them win at his lottery table. Yeah. Oh, interesting. I didn't, I didn't catch that part. Um, I do remember her bringing up, like, the would you forgive her, um, but yeah. Interesting. Yeah, and it's, like, not explicitly said, you know, and, like, that's what a lot of these, a lot of these older movies are just, the subtlety is in the, the talking, you know, so they'll say, like, one specific thing that implies something else, and usually it's about sex, because they're not openly talking about that ever, um, but, you know, like, when Elsa's, like, wearing that satin nightgown thing in her hotel with Rick, it's, like, she, she's clearly, like, intimate with him enough to wear this, you know, so it caught, like, again, it implies that they've slept together, like, when they're in Paris, you know? Right, yeah, because, um, again, the lack of clothing, it was, people were very modest yeah. at this time. Yeah, but it's just that, that choice of having a satin, like, dress is, it, I'm sure when, when she put it on, she was like, well, everybody's gonna think I slept with this guy, you know, and... To be honest, most of the movie, you're mad at her because you you know that she had left him. And there must have been a reason. And it's like, oh, she's already married. She was cheating on her husband, which is double bad. But also, then we find out that she actually thought her husband was actually dead in the concentration camp. And she only finds out he's he's alive, like, the day before the the raid on, on Paris. And that, so that, like... The fact that she actually didn't know that her husband was alive and fell in love with Rick anyway, it's like a, a hard position for her to be in. Yeah, it almost gives me like a, like almost a Pride and Prejudice feel. Like with, you kind of throw these assumptions out on people before actually knowing the whole story and yeah. you're just kind of given bits and pieces of information from from uh, the different sides, like Rick's side and kind of how he felt and yeah, how yeah. you should be feeling towards uh, Elsa, but then hearing her side later and kind of how things get complicated. Um, yeah. Very, very complex. Like, a, a constantly, like, uh, changing and turning and plot-twisting story. Yes, yes. Like, when she pulls out the gun on him, you know, I didn't expect that. I was like, <gasps> you know, and... I just, I knew that they ended up kissing in that scene. I just, I didn't remember how that ended up happening. <laughs> I also feel like a, a lot of the, a lot of the plot twisty parts that would happen, I feel like the, the lack of emotion in the acting almost helped. Because you just kind of, people are just walking around like blank face and you're just like, oh, what are they going to do next? And then out of nowhere, she pulls a gun out. And then yeah. Rick pulls a gun out on, on Renault. Like it's, yeah. 
and you just you just don't know. These are like all wild cards, and you just don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, it's that they're hiding their secrets, you know, under underneath, and they only show emotion sometimes, and it's usually within the shot of somebody's eyes sparkling, you know, like that's kind of. But you know, they 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 cry, and even even Rick, he doesn't openly cry, but he's like really upset, you know. Um, emotionally and I think that that's not something that they usually show they usually showed with men of course they show that with women all the time like women being upset um but you know yeah I mean Rick looked sad a lot of the time because I feel like that's just that's just Humphrey (laughs) Bogart's face I know but I also feel like I also feel like they showed a lot of his like feeling bad emotions through drinking which also isn't a very good thing yeah definitely be pouring pouring yourself into liquor but uh, that's what men do do they not i mean women do that as well but you know oh men will be men (laughs) (laughs) it's not it's not a good thing to say (laughs) um but yeah but then with ilsa they'd have like these she always had like these huge tears like on her face yeah like whenever she would like a single like a single tear massive tear ginormous like, <laughs> like, like a blueberry like on her face <laughs> so so great though like don't get me wrong it was so great um i'm looking at some of these posters because you know we, we kind of talked oh, yes. about the posters for uh his girl friday and mm-hmm. uh I, do we talk about the posters for african queen uh not really um, but so I'm just looking at these. It's fun to it's fun to look at them because sometimes if we have an uh, an instance like His Girl Friday where the poster makes no, no sense, sense yes. to what the movie was about. <laughs> well, the one that's um, like right on the the front of IMDb, um, it's pretty like I think it looks good. Like we've got we've got Humphrey Bogart in his like jacket pointing a gun. I think it's a very with everybody else behind him. Um, yeah, it almost looks like a, an Avengers poster. They like put everyone's face in there. Yeah, I think it's fit, it's a good like everyone. a good expose of the of the movie. Yeah, I'm looking at another one. Um, just in like on the last two pages of the IMDb photos, mm-hmm. we've got we've got Humphrey uh, in his white tuxedo, like kind of holding Ilsa's arm, and she's wearing like this red coat. Yeah, with like her little uh. Her little large salad bowl hat. Yes. Um, and it looks like are people holding? Oh no, I think it's I think it's the uh, what's it called? The skyline of of uh, Casablanca in the back. Yes, like towers and things. There is a lot of posters for this. Yeah, there's a million. Um, Jeez. And we got Casablanca written in like very cool, like a font. It's got all of the letters have like little. They look like little building caps, like little rounded buildings. Yes. Very interesting. Yeah, there's one literally of just um, Ingrid Bergman just, like, wearing, like, a night dress that she never wears in the movie. Do you see that one? Yeah, what is... What is up... (laughs) What's up with these posters? It is, like, she's exceptionally (laughs) small, and it's just, like, this red, like... um, shawl is like flying behind her um yeah definitely yeah when does she wear this she never wears it she never wears it that <laughs> that one's not even close to what it actually is for sure the ones where it's just bergman and and uh humphrey bogart are good too and then there's one of like just like ingrid bergman's massive face like like she's the star in in this this other poster 
Oh, like the one that looks like it's sketched almost? Yeah, yeah. And, like, Humphrey like Bogart's not ad. even on the cover at all. Like, <laughs> it's just Yeah, her. no, we just have, yeah, we just have, like, Sam and the the woman singer that would, that would sing with Sam. Honestly, I uh, think that's supposed to be her. Like, I don't think that's supposed to be the woman singer. The woman at the piano? Yeah. Really? Okay. Yeah. She, the woman the woman singer had, like, a different kind of arrangement on. And she also had the guitar. Yeah, she did have a guitar. I think this is, like, this is like a, a poster that's trying to tell you, come see it, because this woman is the center of everything, and she goes and sings with the piano man, and, you know, that's not what happens at all. <laughs> definitely um, yeah yeah a ton of ton of different posters they just must have been everywhere of course uh, ads ads everywhere yeah um so this movie did win three oscars it got um as you can imagine best picture for 1944 uh best director michael curtis and best screenwriting julius j epstein philip g epstein and howard cock so yeah, I would say it deserves all of those things. Um, also, the nominees for Best Actor for Humphrey Bogart, Best Actor in a Supporting Role, Claude Rains, Best Cinematography, Best Film Editing, Best Music. And I think it should have won all those things. I really wonder what it lost to. <laughs> I know. I wish they would have, like, a link to, to that year's to that year's Oscars so that we could... Oh, yeah, I, I, I see it. I mean, there's a, there's a link here on IMDb. Um Instead, okay. the supporting, the, the winner of the actor was Paul Lucas from Watch on the Rhine. So I guess that's another, probably another war movie. Um, I'm guessing. Okay. Um, also another Warner Brothers movie. Um, and then Best Actor in Supporting Role, Charles Coburn for The More the Merrier. Never heard of that movie. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah, so I think I think it's just oh, and for best actress, Ingrid was nominated for for whom the bell tolls. Not I for see Casablanca. that. What? what? <laughs> <laughs> you know, she was in a lot of movies, but um, yeah, that's kind of crazy that she wasn't nominated for this one as well you know nominated twice or something she's in so many movies i think we need to honestly we need to watch a lot more of these old movies because we just we just pick an actress like we said we were going to do with katherine hepburn and just just watch them you know yeah i yeah we definitely need to do that for a lot of actors i i um in a previous episode we talked about jake gyllenhaal and how i need to see a lot more of his movies yes i've only seen a (laughs) only seen a sprinkle um yeah but yeah, I, once once we finish the the ABCs series, we should we will definitely get back into our classic movies. We yes, will, we're gonna we're gonna cover them all. Yeah, I it it's happening. This yeah, it's happening. I think we should do an ABCs of classic movies. <laughs> all right, I'm down <laughs> or something yeah. like that. I don't know. I, I don't want to leave any out because I'm sure there's a lot of them with the same letter. <laughs> Ooh, the Phantom of the Opera was also nominated during this time. Awesome. All right, cool. I don't want to don't want to deviate too much. Yeah, too. don't want to get too excited. Um, I would I like to page. comment on the uh, humor in this movie that I was not expecting. I actually laughed, like I chuckled quite a few times, um, which again I was not expecting because it was such a serious movie. Yeah, I don't I don't think I I laughed or chuckled or smiled once. What what did you What did you laugh at? Oh, I laughed at like when Rick is talking to the 
the Gestapo at his table, and they were talking about like invading everywhere. They're like, "So what if? What would you think if we invaded Paris?" And he's like, "I don't really care about Paris." And they're like, "What do you think if we we invaded London?" And he's like, "Well, you'll see when you get there." And then they're like, well, "What would you think if we invaded New York?" And he said, "There's quite a few places in New York that I would say not to invade." <laughs> Oh, I remember that. <laughs> he just says it like offhand. Like so many, so many of these jokes were just super flat jokes that just they just kept going. Like they didn't acknowledge them at all. Um, and that was one of them. And then the other one was like when that couple was sitting down that was speaking German. Um, when the waiter guy came over and had a drink with them, and they were trying to they were practicing their English, and they were like, uh, "Oh, we." Um, we're just going to try speaking English since we're going to America. And it, she said, what's the watch or something to her husband? Her husband said, what watch? And then she said, 10 watch, like as if it was supposed to be like 10 o'clock. But she, she didn't say it correctly. And the guy was like, oh. you guys are going to do great in America. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. These, these would happen so quickly because, again, yeah. this movie was so fast paced. It was. It, like, it was. It was just constantly changing directions and changing just... Uh, and, and so, uh, yeah, a lot of this stuff, I probably just missed it because I didn't have time to even process what they yeah, were saying. I was yeah. just focusing way too hard on, on being able to understand what they were saying. Well, there's also that guy who was, like, pickpocketing everybody, like... Oh, yeah, he was Telling funny. them to pay attention and make sure no one is bothering them, and then he steals their wallet, like... So... Yeah, I also want to say that a lot of the the smaller they they gave a lot of what felt like smaller characters uh, pretty shining moments where it felt I felt more like I was I felt what am I saying like I felt like I was there like I there were so well, many that's little good, things is it not <laughs> like yeah, yeah yeah I I liked it like the pickpocketer and a lot of the other workers that were in that were at the um. At the saloon, yeah. like the, the Russian guy who was behind the bar, and yeah. that uh, that German guy who his name was Carl, I think, and he just he was just adorable. Like I loved watching him. Yeah. Um, and then the other guy who owned the other bar as well. Yeah, Ferrari was his yeah, name. Ferrari. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and even in the very beginning, when that who was that guy? His name was like Uriart or something, mm-hmm. and he got Uriart. Yeah. He he sounds familiar. What was what else was he in? His he voice. was scary. He, like he looked like a scary dude. I've heard his voice in something. Mm-hmm. Wasn't he in? He was in the Maltese Falcon, but I don't feel oh. like I remember him. Okay, maybe he was in some episodes of the Twilight Zone or something. Totally. Like, cause his because his voice was so it sounded so familiar. Like I'd seen him. In maybe it's something. just like the way that he was. He was talking um, because he was kind of creepy and like the the tone of the voice he was using. I feel like a lot of other people would also do that. Yeah, he. I I think I think he he plays someone creepy in like another movie. Yeah, he. I mean, it seems like he. I mean, he was like on the TV series for the. Yeah, he was in the Twilight Zone, and then he was in like some. Or not, sorry, not he was in Alfred Hitchcock's Presents. So he was in like uh, like creepy stories, probably by Alfred Hitchcock. Um, yeah, maybe that's where I remember him from, because, yeah, or, or or at least I've heard someone, like, mocking his voice, because he has a very distinct, 
he has a very distinct voice mm -hmm. uh, that I remember hearing somewhere. But anyway, um, uh, even characters like him were who seemed very small, like kind of had lasting effects later. Like Definitely. you know, people would be. Uh, people were still suspected of murdering the the Germans who had the transit letters and and you know a lot of this stuff kind of would just come up again and it seemed like no one really had a small part in the movie because they really right. they really effectively used their their actors. Yeah, definitely, definitely a positive. So you you do think of this movie more positively now. Most definitely. I think we can we can firmly go to Vicky and say we were both wrong and that this movie is actually very good. That's right. Vicky does love this movie. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I will I will be glad to talk to her about it when she comes. This well, movie I, has a 100 meta score. We're both. I know. I was going to say that. Also, just that we're both going to be seeing Vicky rather soon um, in London. But anyway, yeah. Uh, soon, but it doesn't feel like it's soon enough. I know. I wish it would... Wish it would come sooner. It's it's I'm only a, like a month and a half away, Emily. I am waiting so impatiently for <laughs> I <know>. this trip. <laughs> uh, yeah, so All right. 100 Metascore. I think what it deserves it. Hell? Honestly, I don't know what oh, else to say. Wow. It is a great fucking movie. It's, it deserves the 100 Metascore. I, I would be sad if it was anything less. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I just never thought I would ever see... I thought I would never see this number. Well, we, we <laughs> saw it with Moonlight, like, the first time we, we were doing our Oscar noms podcast. The, the Moonlight was was a 100. Do you remember? Was it? Is it still at 100? I don't think Ooh. so. I think it, it, like, if you would like to hear us talk about it, I'm pretty sure we mentioned that it has a 100 meta score when uh, we're doing the podcast. And it might have, like, changed slightly, uh, but... It has a, has a 99 now. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> yeah. Damn. All right. Do you want to look at the meta score? Uh, are there any? Are there any good ones? While I look at the trivia. Sure. Yeah. So, um, I, I I'm just gonna read this like little village voice one that, um, I think was like trying to what I was saying about it taking place during the time of the war. Casablanca was filmed in the safety of Warner Brothers lot, but the cast of immigrants and exiles who had fled the Third Reich conveyed their visceral fear. While the future was uncertain, the re resolute characters of this exquisite wartime drama found peace through love and resistance. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's just kind of like ad admiring the fact that it's a fresh movie. Like the New Yorker said, the f most familiar movie in the world is still fresh. It has so many little little busy corners to nestle in, which is what you were talking about. Uh, Casablanca is the most sociable, the most companionable film ever made. Life is an endless party. Um, That's nice. Yeah, and it's just... Uh, <laughs> it's still, like, it's still on top. It still has that, that feeling, you know, when you're watching it, so... Yeah, definitely. Um, so here's some cool trivia. Um, many of the actors who played the Nazis were, in fact, German Jews who had escaped from Nazi Germany. Mm -hmm. um, and we've got Humphrey Bogart had to wear platform shoes to play alongside Ingrid Bergman at, to compensate for the height disparity. What? <laughs> oh, that makes me so mad. <laughs> Like, why does it matter? Because they need him to be taller uh, than her. They have to be. Ah! Uh, my gosh. Let's see. 
Oh, I'm going to read this. I'm going to read this Roger Ebert one. Sure. Okay. Uh, The dialogue is so spare and cynical, it has not grown old-fashioned. Much of the emotional effect of Casablanca is achieved by indirection. As we weave the theater, we are absolutely convinced that the only thing keeping the world from going crazy is that the problems of three little people do, after all, amount to more than a hill of beans. That's what he said. Yeah, that's what he said. (laughs) A hill of beans. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, so, okay, continue with the... I'm, I'm going to look at these as well, because I'm sure that there's excellent trivia for this movie. Oh, yeah, let's see. Uh, Rick's Cafe was one of the few original sets built for the film. The rest were all recycled from other Warner Brothers productions due to wartime restrictions on building supplies. Mm-hmm. You know, that could also have been why it was in black and white as well, because it's a lot cheaper than, than color. Let's see... This one's interesting and probably could um, have an effect on how Humphrey Bogart was acting. So it says here that Humphrey Bogart's wife uh, continually accused him of having an affair with Ingrid, often confronting him in his dressing room before a shot. Bogart would come onto the set in a rage. In fact, despite despite the undeniable on-screen chemistry between Bogart and Bergman, they hardly spoke, and the only time they bonded was when they the two had lunch with uh, Geraldine Fitzgerald. Um <laughs> Wow, that woman sounds, like, really jealous. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. I mean, I didn't feel like they had that much, like, it, and and, and that kind of makes sense to me, because I didn't feel like they had the most chemistry. I mean, yeah, there was some chemistry there, but I don't know. They, they seemed, at times, they seemed a little distant mm-hmm. in the, in the movie. I agree. Yeah, I, I think they were here. they were not as as connected as they could have been. And I think that was my main thing about the movie was that because uh, what was it was it just a f- um like a falsehood that because this movie is meant to be a romance right like it is it is a romantic I think it's movie. I think it definitely is kind of marketed that way, but I would say it's it's a romance in the time of war, but it's also a thriller in a way, um, and just a, a wartime story, you know? Right. That's definitely the more more of the feeling that I get from it. I think for some reason the thought the thought of Casablanca always came to my head, like back in high school, was that it was the most romantic film of all time, and I just didn't. I didn't sense that they were very like it was all that romantic, but it but mm-hmm. now watching it, it is in a way like the way that Rick like did stuff for others and how he was a very sensitive guy um, towards towards like other couples and you know keeping couples together. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a very romantic gesture coming from him. Yeah, um, it is. It definitely is. It's it's him letting go his love for the better of her life and. For her husband as well, who's a very good man. Yeah, and he's and he's got some very, some very strong goals, and he plans to do to do good, uh, for the world. And, yeah, you know, and and Rick's like a good guy, even though he comes off as a cynic and as someone who just doesn't care. He he really does, and and I I could see that as also being a very romantic gesture as well. Just the fact that he cares a lot about others over himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's one. Warner Brothers claimed that the people of 34 nationalities worked on the film. Hey, all right. That sounds like an extremely, um, like, diverse cast of people. 
Yeah, I'd say. Let's see. Um, while you're looking at some more, I'm going to go to the plot keywords. Yeah. All right. So what we've got right here on the Casablanca page is Nazi, anti-Nazi. Okay. Casablanca, Morocco, French Morocco, 1940s. <laughs> That's what we got. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that Let's sounds see. about right. Um, we've also got Love Triangle, uh, uh, Drunkenness, you know, all, all these work. All these work. Oh, this one's kind of interesting. Uh, with the death of Madeline LeBeau on May 1st, 2016, there are no surviving members of the credited cast. Really? Yeah. Oh. Oh, dang, I just closed a page. She was, uh, the girlfriend of him. Um, in the beginning, and the one who's also singing that French song in the middle. Oh, the the French girl who who then came in later mm-hmm. with like a German uh, with a, a German sh- soldier. Yep, she she lived the longest apparently out of anybody, which is just crazy. Wow. Yeah. Another another scene that I thought was I I might have laughed at this was when uh what was his name uh you I cannot say his name Urart. Uh-huh. Uh, the guy the guy at the beginning. The beginning? Yes. He, yes. Yeah. The skeezy when guy. He was ge- yes. <laughs> but he was, when he was getting arrested and how he just, like, shot into the club. Yeah. And, like, no one, no one, like, panicked. No. No one even else got shot. Like, just him. Yeah. Like, no one, no one got shot. And he was, like, shooting off his gun, like, at the open door of I the know. club. And I was, I was, like, and then... And then Rick comes out and's like, "Don't worry, everyone. It was just a little, little altercation, but it's gone now. You just keep having a good time." I'm like, "What? Someone just like shut up this place?" Oh my god! I, that I think I laughed at that part because <laughs> I was just just seemed a little like just I guess no one cared. Just shots <laughs> fired. No one cared. All right. They, there's a lot of these. A lot of these uh, trivia things are about how Humphrey Humphrey Bogart is so short and they have to make him they have to make him look taller by like having him sit on pillows and inserts in his shoes. <laughs> he he was five eight. Like he's five eight. Which I guess how tall is Ingrid? She's she's two inches taller than him, apparently. That's it. That's what they said. Oh and Jeez. so like I mean that's she's five ten, which is pretty tall. I mean that's <laughs> That, that's definitely tall for a lady. Yeah. Um, I'm sure she was a stunner in person, you know. Um, but yeah, a lot of... It's just funny to me. Like, it's just kind of like, okay. <laughs> yeah. I'll also never get over the fact that these classic movies, whenever whenever the woman just had, like, her own shot, they'd put, like, this this fuzzy, beautiful filter oh, over hundred <laughs> percent. So much that fuzzy, just... beautiful filter. <laughs> That just made her look like a glowing goddess. I like know. Just, every time. And every I'm single like, time. <laughs> it's so it's so extra. It's so funny. Um but yeah, no, Ingrid was beautiful. She's a beautiful woman. Um and uh, she was she was a really great character. Uh, do we have any more trivia or are we uh or are we calling this a wrap? I think it's done. Uh, honestly, there's so much trivia. You, if you're really interested in looking at it, there's, like, so much on IMDb. I'm sure that this Wikipedia article is also rather lengthy because it's an old movie. And it's also, like, 
like clearly one of the best films ever made. So I, I think <laughs> there's just endless, endless amount of stuff on it and yeah just so much information we, we get all of our info from imdb that is that that in wikipedia if we need any extra information like about history and things like that um but yeah other than that it's all it's all imdb so if you take go ahead and take a look at that page it's got a ton of ton of great ton of great info on it um, uh, yeah so while you're looking uh while you're telling everybody where they can find us i'm gonna see what our next letter is <laughs> Good, because I forgot. So <laughs> Me let's, too. Uh, I'm gonna do that. So uh, that was Casablanca, letter C in our in our ABCs. Wow, we just got past the title of our series, <laughs> ABCs and movies. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna try and roll these out a bit faster uh, coming up. But yeah, if you want notifications on those future episodes coming out, go ahead and follow our social media. We've got Twitter at by the popcorn, Instagram at all by the popcorn podcast. And uh, Facebook, just search All By The Popcorn and like our page. And um, if you'd like to rate and review us, you can do that on Apple Podcasts and Google Play slash Google Podcasts, not sure, but reviews will really help others find our podcast uh, and be able to listen to our episodes, so that'd be really awesome. And you can also find us on SoundCloud. You can leave comments there. You can leave comments anywhere. You can also email us. We have two emails. Uh, all by the popcorn at gmail.com and all by the popcorn podcast at gmail.com. Oh, I almost lost it. You got it. You got it. <sighs> um, great job. And the D, which I'm very excited for, is Dangerous Liaisons. Um, Ooh. Yes, with John Malkovich and Glenn Close. So uh, I am I'm so, so excited to watch this movie with you. It's been a long time since I've seen it, and it's uh, it's going to be great. Another period drama movie for us. Ooh, I'm excited. I don't think I've ever seen that, but I love Glenn Close. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be. It's going to be great. So anyway, uh, All right. thanks for listening, everybody. Talk to you next time. Bye. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.